0: Hi everyone, and welcome to today's virtual lab on transpiration. Transpiration is the movement of water by vascular plants from the soil up to the atmosphere. Basically, it's the process of water movement through a plant. So, from the soil into the roots, up to the stems, then to the leaves, and eventually out into the atmosphere. Transpiration can also occur out of stems and flowers. The reason it's most commonly thought of as being evaporation from the leaves is simply a matter of surface area. There is a great deal of surface area in the leaves of plants, more so than with flowers and stems. Thus, most of the evaporation of the water is through the leaves. Most water absorption occurs from the soil via osmosis, remember that is the diffusion of water, from areas of high water concentration to areas of low water concentration, and this occurs at the root tips. Root tips are very specialized for this water absorption process because of two reasons. First of all, The root tips are covered in many, many little root hairs. This vastly increases their surface area, allowing them to absorb lots of water. Also, the epidermis of the root hairs is very permeable to water, which also aids in water uptake. Stomata are these specialized structures on the surface of leaves that make transpiration possible. Transpiration is the evaporation of water through these openings in the leaves that are called stomata. Stomata is plural, so many openings. One opening is referred to as a stoma or stomate. Each stoma is made of two guard cells. The guard cells either swell with water in order to attain an open position, or they shrink when water is not as available, and this closes the stomata. So Here we see a stoma in a closed position. The guard cells are in the closed position, meaning that there is no opening through which gases can escape. When the guard cells swell with water, it creates this open position, giving an opening through which water can evaporate. So water evaporates, oxygen is also released, and carbon dioxide is able to diffuse into the leaf. So while we continue to talk about stomata, I want you to think about why this exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide would be important for a plant. Approximately 95% of the water that a plant loses escapes through this mechanism, through transpiration. This means that there is a risk of dehydration guard cells help to balance water conservation with this gas exchange that is required for photosynthesis in order to maintain homeostasis. So that's the answer to the question that was asked just a few seconds ago. Why is this gas exchange important? Well, oxygen is released from previous rounds of photosynthesis, and carbon dioxide must be brought in in order to power more photosynthesis. So photosynthesis and transpiration are processes that are closely linked. The way that guard cells help to balance water conservation, that is keeping the plant from becoming dehydrated, and bringing in the the gases necessary for photosynthesis, They do this through a couple of mechanisms. First of all, the guard cells are generally in the open position during the day. This is because this is when there is light available. Remember that light is what powers photosynthesis. So during the daytime, photosynthesis is occurring, and the plants want their stomata to all be open for the gas exchange to happen. Of course, they're also losing water during this time. This is why the guard cells come into the closed position at night. There's no light available to power photosynthesis, and so the guard cells enable the stomata to close so that water is not lost unnecessarily. The guard cells also maintain their closed position whenever the plant is critically dehydrated. So during times when conducting photosynthesis is less important to the plant, Than maintaining their critical levels of water necessary for other functions. So now we see that transpiration helps to drive photosynthesis by bringing in the carbon dioxide necessary. So stomata release water and oxygen and allows carbon dioxide to diffuse into the leaves. Photosynthesis then fixes atmospheric carbon dioxide into glucose. This is essentially how the plant will take light energy from the sun and convert it into chemical energy, chemical energy which is stored in the form of glucose. Glucose can then be broken down at a later time during cell respiration to produce ATP. Remember that ATP is an important energy currency of the cell. There are many cellular processes that can only occur because ATP is available as a ready source of energy. Also remember that cell respiration allows the survival and biosynthesis of plants, but also other members of the ecosystem. That means the plants themselves can break down this glucose and cell respiration when they need to produce ATP, but also the organisms that eat the plants and then organisms higher up the food chain, meaning secondary or tertiary consumers which consume other animals, all of these members of the ecosystem are dependent on the glucose that is being produced by the plants during photosynthesis, and the photosynthesis itself is closely linked to the transpiration process. Now before we get to today's lab, let's talk about a few physical phenomena that support the process of transpiration. First, water molecules are attracted to each other through the phenomenon cohesion. Cohesion is a result of hydrogen bonds. Here we see individual water molecules that are connected to each other via hydrogen bonds. These are essentially attractive forces between the partially positive charged parts of one molecule of water and the partially negative charged parts of another molecule of water. Water molecules also must adhere to plant tissues during transpiration. Here we have a cylinder that represents the plant vasculature. Adhesion is when water molecules form hydrogen bonds with the plant tissues. This adhesion helps to offset the force of gravity. Water vapor in the leaf will diffuse down its gradient and exit the leaf via stomata. So water goes out while the other two gases are being exchanged. As water evaporates, the surface tension of the remaining water still in the leaves and down the water column, it results in a transpirational pull. So a transpirational pull that is transmitted from the leaves to the roots. This is what allows the water to make this journey against the force of gravity up to the leaves. So these are all of the different types of physical phenomena that drive the process of transpiration. In today's lab, we're going to have six pepper plants, three of them are shown here, and we're going to wrap their roots and soil packs in plastic cling wrap. This means that while the soil itself is still moist with water from the plants having been watered for a few days, with the introduction of this plastic clean wrap, no more water can enter the system. So the amount of water available to the plants at this point is finite. We will then obtain day 1 masses of each of the 6 plants. We will then store group 1 plants, which is a sample size of 3, in the presence of natural light. This means leaving on a bench top in front of a window in the lab. We will store group 2 plants in a dark cabinet, so they will also be in the lab, but not receiving natural light. Also, we will control all other factors, so that the only two differences between the two groups is the presence or absence of light. This means that they will be exposed to the same temperature in the lab, the plants used are of the same species, The soil the plants are potted in is the same type, salinity and pH, etc. So all of these factors are controlled so that we can compare the rates of transpiration between the plants that were exposed to natural light for a few days and the plants that were not given any natural light over the same time period. So now that we understand what we're doing today, let's go ahead and get started.